0: Let's get kinky. You're listening to the Funny Dom Podcast. This week on the show, I'm going to talk about public play and the areas there that we might find ourselves in. And then we're going to have some questions. And for those of you with a particular voice kink, I'm going to do a bit of a preview of an ongoing segment at the end of the show. This week's opening topic, public play, public play. And by that, I mean publicly representing your dynamic. Now, this can be a very big range of activities. I remember some time ago I posted a meme that had a uh, featured an image of what looked like a a pet submissive uh, who was leashed and was kind of sitting patiently... Uh, on her knees, uh, on the uh, what looked to be on the uh, footpath or the sidewalk, you know, maybe outside of a store or business. And the the meme was about that image immediately to me, uh, looking very beautiful and and making me want to praise a kind of patient, very kind of like dynamic figure and how that's how it made me feel. But I think it was quite divisive, you know, and I think for some um, non-kinky folk it was immediately looked at as some kind of alarm bell ringing um, sign of, of abuse or something very, very unhealthy. And, and it was interesting because um, I hadn't really considered the division in just the representation of the kink. So even for some people that did see it, dynamically they were like oh that's that's public that's you know ethically unsound and that's wrong and that shouldn't be done and I think that's an interesting thing to consider because I agree if you in a uh, cafe or restaurant and and your you know your sub is being is acting out and you grab them and put them over your knee and start doing a full impact session in front of everybody that that (laughs) that certainly, <laughs> certainly, isn't uh, isn't on like that. That's uh, that's very, very um, non-consensual for all the other folk there that you're now involving by having them be witness to the scene. Um, so I would never do that. Um, but for me, having um, a partner in some kind of accessory like a, a collar or a leash in public. I don't feel that that's really crossing that same kind of line. Um, it, it is being dynamic, but then if you look around, aren't, aren't we surrounded by dynamics that we simply are supposed to accept because they're the default of society? Don't we question simply new dynamics that just don't match the status quo? We call that wrong, that shouldn't be done in public, but it's it's always just something different. So for me, there's a line where it it is simply perhaps different, and and it might make people uncomfortable, but I don't think it's wrong or unethical. So I'm comfortable with forms of address. Um, again, within reason. I mean, if your if your honorific is um, is cum slut, then that that might just not be, you know. <laughs> Polite at ten a.m. in a cafe, but um, but you know if it's if it's simply baby or little girl or, or you know if you call your 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 dom sir or, or, or daddy or master, I I don't think that that's unethical or wrong. Um, that's my personal position. It really does come down to people's comfort. I think that that's okay. I think certain levels of dynamic behavior, you know, certain ways of sitting or or being served, I think that that's fine. Um, now, certainly having a partner on leash and then attaching them outside of a public store and having them wait on their knees on the ground, I, I do feel <laughs> that I'd be uncomfortable doing that. But I also feel if I was walking to a store or a cafe or whatever, to a business, and I saw that, I think I would be like, hand to chest I think my heart would swell I think I'd want to like sit down and wait and 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 wait for the the subs you know Dom or it to, to come out and take the lead and and walk them away and maybe see them get some praise for being patient and 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 it would it would make me very happy for that to be accepted and okay and um you know it's sad that it that it isn't so it's interesting where the line is now. Obviously, we have events and we have community um, environments where these behaviors exactly are some often the most fun thing. Um, for me, at a, an event that ha- that is a play event, e- even though there's um, there may be areas or there may be a circumstance where um, all kinds of sexual activity are like allowed or permitted. Um, that's and that's like you know, might seem like the point to a lot of people and for some people it may be. I, I think for me the the most satisfying thing is feeling free to simply have a, like, you know, collared um, sub or on, on lead or attached to you or fully in, in dynamic behaviour for you to have an etiquette and a rules and to be around... Many, many, many people, possibly hundreds, who understand and accept um, that kind of, you know, to just be, just be, just be proud of it is, um, it's really like the best thing about it. And I think for me, that that image and that kind of um, things that we see sometimes, I've seen imagery or video of someone in public, like you know, a mistress kind of walking their their pet or their slave on all fours and and they're in their full kind of like you know leather attire and you know people sound off in the comments and start arguing about whether this is okay or whether there's children around and what people are going to the outrage kind of thing comes in and and I understand the the discussion I think the conversation is good I don't think anyone should be um you know setting up combat about it I don't think that's going to help but I think what what makes people react is that there's something there. it's representing what we certainly don't see every day. and maybe there's elements of it that we should be able to see every day, and that would be okay. Um, if uh, my partner is calling me um, daddy and putting um, you know sugar in my coffee the way I like it and and um, you know, and I can say, you know, give her a, a, a good girl and a kiss and that is okay, you know, um, in public uh, and is understood, not not okay because people don't hear it or don't understand it, but actually just understood, oh, like, oh, that's that dynamic, I think that would be, I think that would be beautiful. I think that would be fine. Um, and if you don't agree, that's fine. I think this is a very much a comfort thing. Um... But um, I think it's interesting to think about when you look around and just consider how many dynamics you already see every day in public amongst couples and amongst just folk and how many of them are uh, accepted as routine and, and, you know, yeah, the status quo. And maybe, maybe this can be that as well. Wouldn't that be nice? To support this space and to get access to TFD's exclusive guides to kink, spicy content, and more, check out his Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash dom. Hi, sir. Thank you so much for everything that you're doing. My question has to do with starting a new relationship, a new dynamic, with somebody who is dominant and has... A bit of experience, but but not too much. Um, I think mostly instinctual, intuitive experience. Um, How to kind of remain in a submissive role while you may be a little bit more experienced but wanting to explore dynamics with this person? You're very welcome, and thank you for that great question. I think this is a very common situation. Now, many people may... Find a, a dynamic partner with a similar amount of experience as them. Um, but I think it may be more common where there is a, a difference. And it doesn't have to be a difference that equals an imbalance. It can just be a difference. But I think that the awareness and the mindfulness of that is what maintains it as a difference. And a difference can be a positive rather than an imbalance where uh, an imbalance can, can easily become a negative, uh, which is to say a challenge or an obstacle, you know, not necessarily a bad thing or an incompatibility, but um, something that has to be dealt with. Um, I think it is very common to get your way in. You know, A lot of people start in, um, in, in dynamics by a partner. They say, like, how did you start to go well? You know, I met this person. And, uh, and I think that's a good thing. I don't think that's, that's bad. I mean, what, what a good environment to have is like, a, you know, a, some kind of loving relationship that, um, you know, that helps you grow and, and find a part of yourself. You know, ov- obviously that's the romantic ideal, but I, I think that is okay. That should be the aim and that's okay to be aware of because then if you find yourself in that situation, you know that that's what it should be. Um, so, yeah, as long as it is um, upfront and honest, you know, and uh, that's the thing. If you have someone that has more or less experience than you and they're not communicating that, that's when problems come in. So if everyone is communicating, then then it's fine. It's just a difference. It's not necessarily an imbalance or a bad thing. Um, so if you're doing that and then if you're aware of the of the dynamic, so... It is a little bit more naturally fitted to have a experienced dominant and a less experienced submissive. Like it fits in the dynamic because you have the dominant in a more guiding, you know, teaching kind of role. So it fits naturally in that way. But it also means there can be too much of an imbalance because you've already got someone who is the the dominant. Now they have a um, a, a real world kind of level of power that the other, you know, may not have in terms of the the awareness and the experience. And even though they're, they're you know, sharing that or they're using that in, in a good way, it still is a power position. So again, you have to be aware of it and be mindful of it so that it is a difference and so you can use it as a positive. If you're doing that, then it is those things. It is a positive and it is it can be very, very healthy, um, and it isn't uh, negative in any inherent way at all. So the unnatural fitting way, or the less kind of naturally easy fitting way, is if you have a uh, submissive and then you have a less experienced dominant because then you have uh, teaching you know, from the bottom and that might feel like topping from the bottom, but I don't think it is and it certainly doesn't have to be that way. You just have to, again, be very aware of it be uh, mindful and keep it as a communicated thing that that you are in that position but you are using your experience and your knowledge to um, give the the partner who is the dominant more experience and more knowledge and that can be a very, you know, service-driven kind of role. I mean, you are giving something, you know, and what is service? It is giving. So it doesn't have to be a, a, a teaching or guiding in the same way that a dominant may lean into it. You can be serving the dominant with your experience. You know, if you have uh, resources, you're not um, sending them to your, your partner and saying, you know, read this and we will discuss at this time. You know, you don't have to kind of do a kind of homework kind of uh, paradigm. You can simply say, I found this very good um, and and offer it to the partner. If you want to use the dynamic, you know, you can also just keep the two things separate. So you have your dynamic and then you have the the partner as just a partner. So you just have the, the dynamic to one side and share the resources and keep the dynamic separate, so that when you step into that, they are the dominant. They are there to dominate you. And the fact that you may have much more experience than them, it, it literally is irrelevant within that dynamic. You know, as it, as it kind of you know should be. It shouldn't be a contradiction or a problem at all. So I think um, the. Problem is really, you know, in the understanding, is the it's in the anxiety that, oh no, how is this gonna work? But if you keep it communicative and if the dominant especially, and especially if they're male, <laughs> as we have these insecurity issues, if they are comfortable with the fact that they are learning and that they're going to learn from their partner, um, that really is the issue. It is just that comfort, that security, and that ego, um, and that really—it's a good opportunity to work on that if that does need work. But keep that as a as a mindful challenge, and and just move forward with it. I, I think another good uh, prescription for this is for the for the dominant, if the dominant is the one learning, to take on a solo like learning objective and I mean this is good for both sides but I just feel like this really does help kind of like new male doms is to have something they're learning on their own for their own ego. So if they're doing, like if if they're practicing rope on their own, if they're going to class solo so that they have a new skill that they can pick up and learn um, and then be able to show their partner and what they're really doing is, you know, they're showing themselves. That's the kind of the ego they're proving to themselves. Look, look, I can, I can, I can learn this thing. This is not, um, you know, uh, something that I need to like catch up on or, or prove myself to another. It's really about their self. So being able to like learn a skill and then feel of of use and capable in in a kind of art form like like shibari to any level, I think is. It's really satisfying, and it gives you a form of security. Like, you know, oh, I, w- I was new, and you know, you know, she or they had a lot more experience than me. But um, you know, I've learned a lot, and I, I've picked up this skill, and now I'm quite, you know, I, I'm advancing in that, and that that kind of gives me that kind of security, and and you know, now I can, you know, realize that the worth is there anyway but uh, it does help to reassure something like that. So I think, yes, be mindful, make it clear, don't let it become an imbalance in a bad way, make it a difference that is positive, that helps both people. Um, and if you're a, a male and on the dominant side, then I would say find a, a skill set to practice on, whether it is rope or... or a um, if you can find like an impact workshop or um, yeah, any anything specific that you can kind of tangibly do and learn is is probably going to help. Good morning, sir. I was wondering if you could give some recommendations for toys that would be good for beginners in impact play. Not necessarily certain brands or makers, but descriptions of types like, floggers with long suede falls or a stiff leather riding crop. I also would love recommendations for tools or even household items that work well with sensation play. Just like with many, many kinks, um, impact and sensation play is um, it's much like flavors and taste. So it's like asking someone for recommendations on food. There's lots of great food uh, <laughs> different types of, of of food but a really it really depends on what you like So you know I know what I like but I might say oh well this is my recommendation and you could hate it and uh, you'd say well that was a bad recommendation but um, it's what I like and it's what other people may like too and then uh, a lot of other people might like what you do find that you like you know so, my recommendation the best recommendation i think is to experiment you've got to find the kinds of things that you like and that might mean you might get uh, a toy you might get a couple toys and and just find that one you don't particularly like that much you know and that's that's just how you found that out now there are ways to kind of find your leanings before you do you know purchase a bunch of stuff you know you don't want to buy a a nice suede, you know, heavy flogger and then find that you don't really like flogging. Um, but that might happen. So I I, I would suggest starting with, um, if you start with just spanking, if you start with just a hand, um, if you do like that, um, but there's different ways of doing that that can give you a lean, like you can learn that you might like the more kind of stingy um, impact rather than the thuddy um, you know, and and you can kind of learn that by different ways of the f- of just holding your hand. You know, um, if you are uh, when you're delivering um, impact, if you are holding your fingers together and really trying to like to to when you, when you deliver a strike, to kind of um, follow through into you know the body um, and to make a more thuddy. You know, impact when you kind of hit um, rather than kind of a bit more kind of open finger to let the air go through and a bit more of a slap, you know, it would be a bigger kind of um, stingy sound for that kind of sensation. You know, which one is preferable might show you that you you might like a particular kind of um, paddle rather than the other. The kind of like heavier, thicker is going to be more thuddy, you know, and, and usually more kind of thinner or wider might be more kind of slappy. You know, kind of stingy and thuddy is like the two big, the two big schools. Now, for a flogger, that's a kind of different sensation to to try. Um, I I would suggest just um, as with anything, just like finding one um, at, a, at a local store or online that isn't too expensive. So you can consider like, will this be a great shame, a great <laughs> loss, if uh, if we try it and and just don't like it? You can always find a a kind of cheaper one to try for the first time to experiment, and then go. Oh, I really like that. I'd really like a really nice one, you know. Before, because they can get quite expensive, and um, buying a whole bunch of toys is is a bit of an investment if you don't know if you're going to like it. So, I would say experiment a little bit to try and get a feel for it, and um, and then yeah, try some versions. Um, you can also try yes, yeah, some things around the home that you might already have. Um, And these all depend on your own limits and comfort, obviously, but I would definitely suggest a belt because it's so easy to find. And having something that is wearable uh, by your your partner is a whole thing. So, like, I love being able to actually even just putting my belt on thinking I might use this later is is such a thing, is such a vibe. So um, I would definitely say try a belt. And even with those, the way you use them, um, will give a different sensation. Um, so make sure you meter. So when you're trying these things out, start very low level intensity. Don't go straight into it with a big kind of arm swing. Uh, you've got to build up. So that's really the more important thing than, than what toys is, is the baby steps. You start kind of like little, try some things and then kind of like go further, go further. So... Um, yes, I would say a belt, um, the back of a hairbrush. again, they can be either way. I've had ones that are very very kind of stingy because they're more kind of plastic or other ones that are kind of more wooden can be very thuddy. Um, rulers can be good. I've got a few a few uh, a few rulers. Um, I've got a couple wooden ones. I've also got a, a kind of metal, a steel one. Um, and yeah you can also just find some very, Uh, Cheap things like bamboo, you know, like uh, just get that at like a a gardening store or a hardware store. Um, And a thinner gauge of bamboo will be very, very stingy. And a thicker one will be more kind of thuddy, stingy. Um, Be very light with those. They really only take a wrist swing of energy to mark. So again, take a lot of care. Very, very small but these things are very easy to find before you make big investments. Um, I've used a chopping board before, a very small chopping board as a paddle, a shoehorn, uh, what else is around the home? A remote control, if it's particularly large, can give a good smack. Um, mm, yes, i don't have to get people to comment with uh, household items that they've, they've perverted into Kingflake um so yes try some things out um and um and really yeah that's it it's the experimentation so find some things online that aren't too much to give them a bit of a a kind of try and uh find what you like and then look for the you know the 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 better versions of those things because it's nice to have a a, a well-made you know flogger or paddle or these kind of things that you can kind of keep for a long amount of time Thank you for those great questions. Remember, if you have any uh, questions or topics yourself, just um, just send me a, a voice message, and I'll uh, I'll get them in the very next show. So that brings us to the special segment, which I would like to close the podcast with every week. Now I want this show to be something calming and grounding, um, something that you can listen to in bed and fall asleep too but uh, but also listen to on a, on a walk or or while you do some other kind of routines like exercise or do do chores or something else kind of meditative I think we've got enough um, stimulation these days that is big and trying to grab our attention and ramp up you know our nervous system so I want this to be you know, engaging and, and learning and entertaining and, and stimulating, but um, but in a good kind of grounded, calming way. So I'd like to finish each show with some, some reading. And uh, I'm going to be reading the first Outlander novel. And I'm going to be starting that officially next week. But this week, I want to start with just a little excerpt from it just to uh, ready everybody, and um, also to prepare you for my attempt at the accents involved. (laughs) So we're going to read an excerpt from the first Outlander book, and starting from next week, I am going to begin the the first book, and we'll be reading uh, that each week for you. So this is an excerpt from Outlander by Diana Gabaldon. Jamie made a fire in a sheltered spot and sat down next to it. The rain had eased to a faint drizzle that misted the air and spangled my eyelashes with rainbows when I looked at the flames. He sat staring into the fire for a long time. Finally... He looked up at me, hands clasped around his knees. "'I said before that I'd not ask ye things ye had no wish to tell me. "'And I'd not ask ye now, but I must know, for your safety as well as mine.' He paused, hesitating. "'Claire, if you've never been honest with me, be so now, for I must know the truth.' Clare, are ye a witch? I gaped at him. A witch? You can really ask that? I thought he must be joking. He wasn't. He took me by the shoulders and gripped me hard, staring into my eyes as though willing me to answer him. I must ask it, Claire, And you must tell me. And if I were, I asked through dry lips. If you had thought I were a witch... Would you still have fought for me? I would have gone to the stake with you, he said violently, and to hell beyond if I must. But may the Lord Jesus have mercy on my soul and yours. Tell me the truth. The strain of it all caught up with me. I tore myself out of his grasp and ran across the clearing. Not far, only to the edge of the trees, I could not bear the exposure of the open space. I clutched a tree, put my arms around it and dug my fingers hard into the bark, pressed my face to it and shrieked with hysterical laughter. Jamie's face, white and shocked, loomed on the other side of the tree. With the dim realisation that what I was doing must sound unnervingly like cackling, I made a terrific effort and stopped. Panting, I stared at him for a moment. Yes, I said, backing away still heaving with gasps of unhinged laughter. Yes, I am a witch. To you I must be. I've never had smallpox, but I can walk through a room full of dying men and never catch it. I can nurse the sick and breathe their air and touch their bodies, and the sickness can't touch me. I can't catch cholera, either, or lockjaw, jaw, or the morbid sore throat. And you must think it's an enchantment, because you've never heard of vaccine, and there's no other way you can explain it. The things I know... I stopped, backing away and stood still, breathing heavily, trying to control myself. I know about Jonathan Randall because I was told about him. I know when he was born and when he'll die. I know about what he's done and what he'll do. I know about Sandringham because because Frank told me. He knew about Randall because he... He Oh God, I felt as though I must be sick. I closed my eyes to shut out the spinning stars overhead. And Column He thinks I'm a witch because I know Hamish isn't his own son. I know he can't sire children. But he thought I knew who Hamish's father is. I thought maybe it was you. But then I knew it couldn't be. and I was talking faster and faster, trying to keep the vertigo at bay with the sound of my own voice. Everything I've ever told you about myself was true, I said, nodding madly as though to reassure myself. Everything. I haven't any people, I haven't any history, because I haven't happened yet. Do you know when I was born? I asked, looking up. I knew my hair was wild and my eyes staring and I didn't care. On the 20th of October, in the year of our Lord, 1918. Do you hear me? I demanded for he was blinking at me, unmoving, as though paying no attention to a word I said. I said, 1918, nearly two hundred years from now, do you hear? I was shouting now, and he nodded slowly. I hear, he said softly. Yes, you hear, and you think I'm raving mad, don't you? Admit it, that's what you think. You have to think so. There isn't any other way you can explain it to yourself. You can't believe me. You can't dare to. Oh, Jamie. I felt my face start to crumble. All this time spent hiding the truth, realising that I could never tell anyone. And now I realized that I could tell Jamie. My beloved husband, the man I trusted beyond all others. And he wouldn't. He couldn't believe me either. And that was a slight brief preview of Outlander by Diana Gabaldon, who we will be starting a full reading of that novel next week on the Funny Dom podcast. So I hope you enjoyed that. It's a big book, so if you didn't enjoy that and you don't like my Scottish accent, uh, it might not be uh, your favourite part of the show. You might have to skip forward. But uh hopefully enough of you do like it, and um, maybe find it relaxing enough to give it a nice listen to before bed and uh yes, I do hope so. so I hope you enjoyed that and uh, for the impact uh question, that's a good example of an experiment right there. We're just giving that a try if I get uh a uh, hundred messages of uh Negative <laughs> feedback for that, then uh, we may not do it. We might try a, a different impact tool rather than um, Outlander. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, we will continue. And uh, I've never read the book, so I'm looking forward to the to the adventure and to um, yes, trying to maintain that accent myself without without laughing or having it slide into uh, Irish or or anything else. <laughs> So thank you very much, folks. I hope you enjoyed that. And we'll be back next week with another topic, more questions, and the beginning of our first uh, book reading. Play safe, stay kinky, as if you had any choice in the matter. See you next week. To support this space and to get access to TFD's exclusive guides to kink, spicy content and more, Check out his Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash the funny dom.